no, no, Sherry. You. Sherry, hold on. Let me make you smile. Sorry about that. Here we go, the John Curley Sherry Elliger show. Sorry, Sherry, I cued you a little too early there. You okay? Yeah, I, I was just surprised to. Start I know the door so opened quickly. up and right yeah, in here. Right I in know. Here. Okay. All right. You're right. Okay. I'm, I'm ready. I don't have much of a voice. I was really going hard there in Reno to sell all sorts of crazy items. I don't like. I hope I can make it through the show. Diving into the <laughs> I'm going to have to work in my lower register for most of the oh. show now. Sexy. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You might have to take a cold shower halfway through the show. Peach, it's what's for dinner. All right. Find that, Joe. We might need that drop every once in a while. All right. Um, let's, thank you, Joe. Uh, 3.30, we're going to talk about the proposed 10% short-term rental tax. Here's the way it works. Take it city like uh, Leavenworth, right? Little town of Leavenworth. I think it's the third or fourth most popular destination tourist place in the state of Washington. People go there and they get service from the restaurants and the people that take care of the hotels. But there's no place for the people that are working in the restaurants and the hotels. They don't have any, uh, there's no housing nearby. They can't afford housing in Leavenworth because there's not a lot of places to build. So what they're trying to do is they want to add an additional tax on top of the tax that you're already paying. And then that money would go towards uh, building affordable housing. That's uh, the government coming in to build affordable housing. So Leavenworth is pushing for it. The mayor there and a bunch of other places are as well. Same thing with Lake Chelan. Generally, the idea is if we have affordable housing, we can have people that can work in the restaurants and work in the hotels. So it does on the surface. I was reading how Aspen tried to tackle this because Aspen has a real problem because, of course, it's so incredibly expensive. There's no land anywhere nearby. So they've added the additional tax to try to build homes. But I found out that when the nonprofits went in there, it was costing them like $750,000 to build one apartment. So people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We rather have the private sector rather than the nonprofit. So that's where the... Uh, Sort of the, a little bit of the conflict starts to occur. So we'll find out what's happening. It would mean for if you happen to have an Airbnb or a VRBO, that'll be collected at the site. We'll learn more about that from Matt Markovich coming up at 3.30. Oh, that's a tease, gassy girl. That's a tease. Oh, that's a tease. <laughs> uh, I didn't bother reading this one, Sherry, but I figured okay. you would. Why Leap yeah. Day is a thing. Well, Leap leap day or leap year it's a yes. very very deep dive that npr takes as only npr oh, can do that's um, why i decided so, not to I'm, read it i gonna spend just a little bit of time telling you just a couple of things so this is an irish tradition where women can propose to men on that one day mm -hmm. now back in the whatever it was that was if they, if they proposed and the man said no then yeah. they had to give them a pair of fine gloves, or many pairs of fine gloves, I guess to ah. soften the blow of the, no, I don't want to marry you. Um, mm. The capital, leap, the capital of the year, leap year, is Anthony, Texas. And here's why it's a leap year. Okay. 24 hours a day. You know that the, the it's 24 hours can, a day I'm long. I'm sorry, Sherry, can you do it in your NPR voice? Sure. Then move away from the mic, or I'll just, I'll just no, whisper right like they do. It, yeah, okay. Right there, yeah. Okay, so everyone knows that there are 24 hours in a day and 365 yeah. days per year. But yeah. actually, the Earth is, goes around 365.24 
to 190 days. I'm so sorry, Sherry, don't interrupt, but does that, does that affect BIPOC people more than white privileged people? Just out of curiosity. Well, does it everything? Yes. Oh, yeah, okay, sorry. Just go ahead. I'm okay. Sorry. Go ahead. So it's that 2429, that 0. 0.24, mm. that is why we have leap year. Because we don't have a fixed calendar. So we have to make up for that every four years. But thank you so much for listening. It was wonderful to talk to you, and I wish you well on your project. Well, thank you for being on, Sherry Johnson Emerson Eckeringer. (laughs) John Curley? Don't do it again! John Curley? Uh, Yes? Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Because everybody on NPR has three names. Uh, okay, well, thank you for that. I wasn't listening to a single thing you said, but um, uh, I would just why, assume. Why start un- now? <laughs> I would just assume unattractive women in Ireland basically have a glove shop that they sell gloves from. So, but I'm sure most people. Although Nick asked me to marry her, which I what was kind of complete shock because she wrote as in haiku and she's not exactly the most creative person. So I was so focused on the five seven five syllable um, context and the structure of a haiku that I completely missed what she was asking me. I was really just focused on the the the, the syllable. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> a homeless man. <laughs> okay, wow. Andrew's going to wor- work that one into the grave. All right. This guy gets caught because he gets an excavator, which I guess he steals from somebody back in October, and he starts digging into the side of a hilltop over near a park in Seattle. It was Seattle, $15,000 to repair this hillside today. We talked to the man accused of causing that damage. He says he came right back here because he wants to build a cabin, and despite offers of help and criminal charges, he says he has no intention of leaving. Tucked in the woods of Dr. Rizal Park, this is Stephen Irwin's cabin, complete with beer kegs, a washing machine, several TVs, and this treadmill. Irwin took Como News into his encampment, which he says he plans on expanding. We've got fire, gasoline, propane, kerosene, and live wires and flammables like, everywhere. Andrea sounds like my house. <laughs> Suarez does homeless outreach with We Heart Seattle. She's been trying to get Stephen to move indoors. I've even offered to pay for his like first six month of housing, and he just told me. That's great, but I'm still going to keep my cabin in the woods. This cabin is something Stephen has been working on for months. He was arrested here back in October for bringing in an excavator from a nearby construction site to dig up the hillside. The city. Okay. Can we just examine that for a moment? A nearby construction site. He brings an excavator. I'm sure he went over and said, hey, guys, can I borrow the excavator for a little while? Oh, sure. Are you the crazy guy over there (laughs) building a cabin? Yeah, no problem. Just leave your driver's license. How long you need it for? And and how 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 fast can an excavator go? I mean, this probably took a little while. Yeah. What do you mean? Mean digging or mean driving it? No, like for him to get to point A to point B. Oh, that's nothing. That's nothing. Not it can go but thirty-five miles an hour. Oh, okay. I thought Uh, it was one point oh five miles per hour. Depends on the size of it, Joe. Are you talking? Which one are you talking about? <laughs> Harvester pit, 1034A? Because 1034A's got transmission. It's got a, it's got a ratio. It's going to be able to get you at least at 30 miles an hour. Eight thousands to fix the damage, and Irwin was criminally charged. But it didn't take long for him to come back. And Shocked. Criminally charged, but he came this back. Time, and This guy is just getting away with it, so I don't know. I don't understand that. His cabin is now far more extensive than any previous camps here. Absolutely frustrated. Yeah, it's it's terrible. 
We need some civility here. We need some police action. Neighbors say the damage will take years to undo and they fear things could get worse before it's resolved. But there's also a risk for him being in that environment. There are smells of kerosene, propane. He's wiring generators, of gasoline. Sounds like the problem's going to take care of itself, if you know what I mean. <laughs> three different forms of, of fuel down here, and live wires, hoses are everywhere. It's a ticking time bomb. And those fire concerns well-founded. Could we have seen some big homeless encampment fires in this area before? What does the city have to say about all this? Well, the park says it is a police issue. I've reached out to Seattle Police to see if they are planning to take any sort of enforcement action. have not heard back from them. Irwin, though to this day claims that he has permission to be doing all of this. And of course, the city says he does not. Reporting live at Dr. Jose Rizal Park, Jeremy Harris, Como News. Best part of the story is he's going to go get another excavator because he wants to dig into the side of the mountain because he wants to look for gold and diamonds. Yeah, they right? buried the lead on the gold yeah. digging. Come on. Come on. I mean, anybody can build a cabin. Right. Yeah. Like that. If you know you've got gold and diamonds right behind you, get that excavator out and tell the guys you're borrowing it from that you're going to give them part of whatever you're going to get out of the mountain. Yeah. You, who can blame the guy? Ooh, right. By the, by the way, don't forget, the city's going to go in there and make sure he's not throwing out any AA batteries. That's a big really concern. He's going to get an oops tag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, yeah, they can find them. They're not going not to get any money from the guy. Long time ago, we did this story at ED Magazine. They said, "Hey, you want to knock down a building with a with a big, you know, bulldozer thing?" I said, "Yeah, it was a giant bulldozer. It's got the. It, it wasn't the ball thing you swing and knock down the building with, but like a big excavator, grab it and pull it apart. You know, taking down a big building." We said, "Sure, we're looking to do that." Uh, well, we you know we'll let you know when we have one, uh, something you can take down. So we waited and waited, and like six months later, hey, we got we got one where you take it down. Get in the activator, drive, we get in the car, drive up there to Tacoma. And you know what it is, Sherry? It's this crazy guy who's built like an eight story <laughs> home slash resort casino he's building, right? <laughs> Out of pallet wood. <laughs> and oh, by the way, on the roof, he's also constructed a helicopter pad because oh, everybody knows of that. Of course. Hobos know how to really build things. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess he had had residential up top and then retail down at the bottom. But mm. most importantly, he was really, yeah. really focused on the helicopter pad at the top of this pile of pallets. And the thing was like 30 feet high, extremely dangerous. So we got there. We're driving around. We parked the car. We go over there. Got, yeah, I'm going to take this thing down. I looked at it and I was like, what is this thing? He goes, yeah, it's really dangerous. This guy's been in here for like months and months and months building this thing. It's like it's a tower of just looks like a uh, Django, you know, my Django puzzle mm -hmm. thing. So I get the hard hat on. I get in there. The guy show me how to work the controls. Well, the guy that's building this dream resort casino shows up and starts screaming at me. And I'm like, whoa, this is not part of the show. We're just supposed to knock down a building. I didn't know it was going to get all political and everything. And he's yelling as I'm reaching in and grabbing parts of the pile of, of pallets and tearing it all down. And it was amazing because it didn't take much. So just thank God that a helicopter had not landed on top of it. Because I don't know if it would have been able to hold the whole thing up. Did you feel set up at all? No. Now I think, yes. Now that I think about it, thank you, Sherry. It's a very good question. Yeah. I think you're like, yeah, hey, we got one for him. Right. That was a, uh, but that, for that guy, what's... 
What's the guy's cabin look like? Is it a real cabin? No, well, no. part of it is. He's got you no. Know, a couple of walls are log cabin walls, but they're not. There's not four of them. There's like two log cabin walls that look like a traditional cabin, and then the rest is kind of exposed. He apparently hasn't finished those walls yet. Right, and when they yeah. talk about there being television sets and a washing machine, you yeah. think of you know this sort of high end condo. No, it's gross. It's like the washing machine is somewhere in the midst of. Hundreds of boxes and yeah, it's not, all those fuel lines in. and things. Yeah, it's not not oh. exactly. The, me- the meth ingenuity in some of these camps is pretty impressive, though. The, uh, you remember the big fire that happened at the uh, in front of uh, Harborview uh, a few months yes, ago, right? Yes, the big yes, explosion. Yes. Well, the only structure to survive that fire was the treehouse that was built like forty five feet up into those trees that had been there for right. over two years, and it was it's just like, it's like something out of Star Wars. It's like it's incredibly durable. If you got the time, you really yeah. put it all together. Oh, you don't yeah. need all the permits and everything. Yeah. Um, maybe what they should do is just go over there and start playing a little bit of Eye the Time. Living or working in downtown Seattle can be noisy at times, but it's expected in a large city. Through those sounds comes a different noise, a noise that's become a nuisance. Survivor, Eye of the Tiger. Constantly singing. <laughs> Often, people always think it's Journey. It's not Journey, Sherry. It's not Journey. It's Eye of the Tiger. 56 seconds till the lyrics. Eye of the Tiger all day long. We take it from Evelyn and Mac McCarty. They say the music coming from the Ross store at 3rd and Pike has been playing non-stop music 24-7 since before Christmas. Keeps us awake and we understand the purpose of it, but it's not working. By the way, they never get to it. What's the purpose of it? Is the purpose to try to keep people away? I think it's to try to uh, have you forget that you're shopping at Ross. <laughs> wow. Say it's By the, the same song. Hold on. Hold on. All right, if you guys want to play this on the guitar, it's just basic working bar chords right now. We're just going to start with a C. We're going to C bar chord on the third fret. So we're going to go um, We're going to go uh, third fret, second string. We're going to get down to our third string. Third, uh, off they uh from the third. So songs on a loop. Wait, go ahead, Andrew. Go play it, Andrew. Go. Bum bum bum. I'm gonna go up to the first. Bum bum up this. There you go. Easy. Go down to Ross. All day long, I wake up at four o'clock in the morning for work, and it's on. It's so loud. It's very disruptive. It's an earworm that won't go away. And they're not the only ones on edge at the West Edge apartment building. Uh, it goes 24-7, um, and it's it's kind of unbearable. Richard Merkel is fed up. He is one of... Hey, save that drop for our show. Yeah, I, I, hear, I wake up at 4.30 and hear it all no, day. No, 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 no. The, no, the one about <laughs> it's uh, 24-7, it's unbearable. Many who have called police and also Ross. Hopefully they... You know, the message is received. A manager at West Edge even reached out to King 5, saying the music is violating city code. Oh, oh, city code. Let me tell you the city of Seattle's <laughs> like. The city of Seattle is like your fourth grade substitute teacher that shows up, right? And they're taking role, and people are like, uh, yeah, he's out here. What's your name? Uh, Leonard. Leonard what? Skinner and everybody laughs. And, oh, okay, Mr. Skinner. Well, we're putting your name down on the board that you write your name up. And you're like, you realize this substitute teacher has no power. They're not going to come back again. There's assignments you're just like forgetting about or like, you know, you're saying stupid stuff in class. Seattle is the substitute teacher in a fourth grade class. A little bit of bark, no bite, never see anybody. No one ever gets in trouble. Just... Say whatever you want. Do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. 
You could be Leonard Skinner for like two years and a substitute you. No idea who you are. Then that's do you what the think city that of Seattle is. Seattleites are mostly like fourth graders? Easy. No, no. Yeah, most <laughs> of the Seattle people, no, there's a group. All the, that, that, everybody they're interviewing there are people sitting in the front row. Uh, yeah. Mrs. Clyton says that a lot of times on Friday she likes to assign extra work for those of us that want to do some extra work. <laughs> That's a lot of those Seattle uh. people. And then everybody else in the back is like, <laughs> those guys. Okay? Nate the laughed worst. very loud. Yes. I could hear him through the door. Thank you, Nate. You know it. Nate was the guy in the back. Yeah. <laughs> Doing that. You do the cough and then you say the, the dirty oh, act. That's so funny. Here we are, we're back. John Curley, Sherry Ellicott Show. You coming along, don't forget, you get a big, 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 big part of the show. By writing to us at, um, Andrew says nobody writes in mynorthwest.com. So, um... Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line one triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. Oh, welcome! A little later on in the show, I'll tell you about my ongoing effort to move my Uber score up uh, by trying to get the advice of an Uber driver, and this guy turned out to be a genius. And then a crazy story about an Uber driver that uh, my wife shared with me yesterday. So that later, but first. No, here he comes. He likes to surf on in here because he always, oh, yeah, I used to live in California. Oh, I, I, I used to surf. And I, now I'm... Here it is. I was just in Hawaii. I was on the North Shore watching the professional surfers <laughs> oh, really? last week. I, it's a true story. How, how was it? Was it good? It was gnarly, man. It was blown out. Rip, we rip, rip, it, rip and rip it out, man. <laughs> yeah, cool. It's, it's Holly's commitment. Howie's, 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 yeah, Howie's come in there. Yeah, Howie's come in there, ruin it. All right, don't get me started on Hawaii, which I don't recognize as the uh, as a part of the United States anymore. But let's chat about. There's a New Year's resolution I made to no longer recognize as the 48th state. Hey, surfers aren't it's the not, pro surfers weren't as good here. as they were. There was twenty five foot swells, and there was too big to ride, so they had to cancel one of the days. So what's with that? Yeah, brah. Eddie, Eddie would have gone. <laughs> yeah, Eddie would go. There's a reference for you. Okay, okay, Andrew, Andrew, wait, that's not why Matt's here. He's actually doing news. This is part of the news entertainment news here. Yes. So uh, let's talk about. Um, the rent? thing that they, they got rid of the rent control, right? They yeah. got rid of the rent control. Was this going to be a cap at 7% or something like yeah, that? Yeah, that's right. Uh, this is a, the more controversial ones, and it just died today. Uh, the House had passed it. And, I mean, it's, uh, it went down party line votes. They were going to put a cap on residential rents at 7% every year, and there was some other parts of it. But when it went to the Senate, uh, they had a hearing, and then today, this morning, the Senate killed it. They didn't vote on it. And that's got the Democrats openly squabbling with each other. The House Democrats, which wanted it, are blaming the Senate for not doing anything about high rents. And the Senate uh, people like um, uh, Mark Mullet out of Issaquah there, he was the vice chair of the committee. He was one of the people who tried to kill it, successfully killed it, and he was proud of it, saying it just wasn't going to work for this state. So that's dead, unless at the 11th hour— the Senate, uh, Annie Billig, who's the Senate Majority Leader, 
can pull it out of the ashes and throw it straight to the floor. Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. But there's open squabbling with the Democrats on both chambers there. So we'll see. Okay, so hopefully it stays dead, doesn't come back for it. Now, let's talk about another one they're looking at. They want to add a 10% uh, tax on top of uh, lodging, right? For short-term lodging, uh, like Mm -hmm. the VRBOs and uh, Airbnb, lodging that you get on an online platform. So what they were proposing, Mm -hmm. and this looks like it could become law because it passed – uh, by party lines uh, on uh, in the Senate and the House now has a chance to do the same. It passed out of committee, so it has a good chance of passing. And what it does is put a ten percent up to a ten percent excise tax that the cities and counties can put on that online short term rentals like VRBO and uh, Airbnb. And surprisingly, guess who is in favor of this? Expedia. Which owns huh. VRBO. And originally, when the guy testified, when I was listening to hearing, they said a couple years ago when they first proposed this, Expedia was against it because obviously they feel it will drop the inventory of short-term rentals on VRBO. People will stop renting because they don't want to pay that 10% tax. Well, mm-hmm. they decided to support it based on this, that there are so many towns uh, thinking about cutting short-term rentals uh, to say, to have that population of rentals go to long-term rentals because there's mm-hmm. all this regulation about long-term rentals. So people are going to short-term rentals. They don't want to deal with the long-term rental regulations. Well, right. the short-term rentals are taking up all the rental space and for long-term rentals. So rather than have lower inventory because towns are cutting short-term rentals, Expedia is supporting the tax so the inventory could stay up. So that's yeah. why they're behind it. So. Right. So in New York City, the hotel lobbying union went in there and made sure that the people that they were electing to serve got enough money in their campaign coffers and killed Airbnb, put such draconian uh, restrictions in. The people had Airbnbs in New York were like, I can't I can't t- do all this stuff. So they went out of business so that people would use the hotels in New York. So they were able to kill it. I guess at this point, Expedia figures, listen, we'll rather take the 10% than for you guys to completely destroy our business like you've done in New York. Yep, that, that's, that's exactly right. So they're, now they're in favor of it. And it looks like it could become law here. It's getting close. And, you know, it's it affects towns like Leavenworth. I didn't know this. Uh, maybe you knew this, John, because you know everything, mm-hmm. is that uh, – Leavenworth has the third highest hotel receipts in the state, only behind Spokane and Seattle. And it's a town of 2,500 people. That's how dependent they are on tourism. And so this tax money would actually go to funding housing for workers in a city. Now, it's intended for tourism cities, but any city can do this uh, in the state. Mm-hmm. doesn't have to be because of tourism. It's to support worker housing, create more worker housing. And the argument is... Yeah, that would help, but it's not a lot of money. Even the mayor of Leavenworth said this would generate a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. That's it. You know, how much right. housing can you build for a couple hundred thousand dollars a year? So, None. That's right. I, I, I have this question, Matt. I, well, wait, kinda... there's a guy There's a guy that can build a cabin. Yeah, we had him earlier. Excavator. <laughs> he's, an, he's got an excavator. He's got a gold mine. He could probably build it for a lot less than that. Go ahead, Sherry. Um, so uh, this may be a ridiculous question, but... 
What's to stop somebody if they want to get into this lower income housing that has been built for the purpose of uh, local workers being able to stay in town? What's to stop somebody from taking a job, uh, signing a lease, and then bailing on the job and and doing something else? I mean, it's a good question. Uh, A great question. If you just say like (laughs) Leavenworth, I mean... uh, Like in Leavenworth, they build this housing. Let's say it goes through and they build a housing in Leavenworth. The guy lives in Leavenworth and then he goes and works in Wenatchee. Uh, There's nothing to stop him from going to work in Wenatchee and living in Leavenworth that was supplied by this housing tax. Right. I mean, how are they going to track that to make sure it's going where it's supposed to? They're not. Well, it's up to the cities and counties to decide how to do that. But so, so so like, say the icicle in there in Leavenworth, would they also put a 10% tax on top of their regular tax? No, no. Well, they're a a lodge, so they're a hotel. Okay, so so it's just, it's like the the people are doing VRBO and and Airbnb. Those are the people that are going to get hit. That's right. And But if you add up all the tax, so they put a limit on this. this, What they just did, uh, a kind of a new addition to it, they said if you are have other taxes you have to pay it the tax on lodging if you are an online VRBO kind of person cannot get higher than 15.2%. So if, if you think about this, you start adding up the lodging taxes that cities and counties provide and it's 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 not sales universal. Tax. Yeah, sales, sales tax. tax. Yep. Um mm-hmm. this is an considered an excise tax so it's like a tax on income. Um, for the owner of the property that rents through VRBO, you're starting to equal what a hotel would charge in its lodging taxes. So that it comes right. down to, do you want to deal with a cleaning fee that VRBO charges versus a hotel doesn't charge that kind of a fee? You know, it's, you're, you're going to be on par with hotels. And there'll be a question is, well, is it worthwhile for someone to do rent online? So if you go to Wenatchee, Wenatchee's tax altogether is 12.5%. There's the sales tax, and then they have a tourism tax and everything. So it's 125 on top. Um, here, here's the other thing is that if you're taxing Mr. and Mrs. Smith, they're going to go to Leavenworth, they're going to stay in the Airbnb, and you're going to take an extra 100 and 250 bucks out of their pocket to pay all these taxes. That's 250 less that they're going to spend somewhere else. So they're not going to go to the ice cream store. They're not going to buy a silly hat. They might not have additional dollars to buy a nutcracker. These are all the stores in Leavenworth in order that they appear. Um, you, they won't have the money. So it's called trickle-down economics because if you spend more here, you got less to spend over here. So you're just taking more money out of people's pockets to build, quote-unquote, affordable housing nearby. So... Yeah, where are you going to get that, your... By the way, that'll probably pass. That's going to pass. <laughs> yeah, where are you going to get that'll your glue vine now? I mean, you know, less glue vine being sold in Leavenworth that warm wine wintertime. You ever glue heard vine? Oh. Glue no. vine? Ever glue vine? No. Oh, Never come on. You got to... It's hot <laughs> wine. All right. Like sake? Oh. Okay, That's my cue. <laughs> just, just, Joe, just stop yelling out hot drinks. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, like a hot spinata toddy? Thanks, man. <laughs> okay. Warm buttered rum? Dude, it's a warm buttered rum. Goes right into his Mr. <laughs> Mr. Boston's bartender guide. There we go. Big hi to John Evans out there. Listening in Lewiston, Idaho, running the Boys and Girls Club, the man. I was in Reno for the Boys and Girls Club auction. I just, that, that, Boys and Girls Club, that thing should be funded 
by everybody. They, they save lives. They change the community. It is the best, the best organization you'll find anywhere for kids. And they're in Lewiston or Reno or wherever they had it. It's, it is the best. So really had a great time. I sent you a video. Did you see it, Joe? The one there in, um, the sure one in did. Reno? Look like a bingo Ooh, hall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like Did they give you a microphone? <laughs> yeah, but it, you know, it's not good sound there in the uh, the old gymnasium. Yeah. But um, they raised a ton of money. Oof. I met a guy, and I, I got to get in touch with him. He, um, I mean, how could you not? I couldn't even get a chance to follow up. I won't say his name on the air, but so I go over to him. I, I remembered him from the year before because he sat in the same spot, and he jacked up everybody's price. He'd buy everything, 30000 40000 55000 He'd just buy it. So I say to him in the beginning of the auction before it starts, hey, you're back for more abuse. Why do you do this? And he takes me aside away from the table over this sort of quiet corner. And he says, uh, don't think I'm a, you know, just when I was seven years old, I had a, I had a, uh, like a prophecy. It's like, okay. Uh, and. I was told I, I would be okay in life, that I would make a lot of money, but I needed to give it all back. So he's giving millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars away. And I was like, ooh, I want to talk to him about seven years old? What happened to you? Like, what does that mean? And um, but I didn't get a chance. I was like, ooh, I got to get his phone number. I got to talk to him because you run into these different people in your life. You know, you, you intersect with somebody quickly just to, you know, a five-minute conversation. You think, wow, there's so much there. Everybody's got an amazing story if you have the time to talk about it. I remember seeing a long time ago when I was in, living in Ocean City, New Jersey for a little while. There's a guy who used to set up a table on the boardwalk, and he had a little jar there, and, he, and it said, uh, penny for your thoughts um, or a nickel for a good story, and just had it sitting there, and people would just walk up and sit at the table, and he would have, like, lemonade there, and they would just sit there and tell stories. And he would write them down or listen to them and just, you know, nod or record them if he felt, you know, he was going to record them. He says, just come across some of the most incredible stories. And I've got a friend of mine. I used to do hospice care work, and a friend of mine goes and visits nursing homes. He said, you talk to people, especially they've, they've proven this. And Sherry, you know this. We've talked about this before, that when you ask your dad or one of your mom's old friends to tell you a story, like, what was it like in 1942? They, in their mind... They go back to that time, and you, you, they, they have the medical research to show that their heart rate changes, their blood pressure changes, the parts of the brains light up that haven't been, you know, activated in a long time, and they are actually not turning back the clock literally, but just physiologically for just a brief period as they relive the moment, you know, their husband came home from the war or what it was like during some time that we'd never lived through. And um, it's just catching those moments of people's lives, and they share those stories with you. And it's I have one that Nick told me about this Uber driver when she was getting picked up in Salt Lake. Uh, she gave him a big hug at the end of the ride. And I'm, I don't know if I'm going to start doing that, but I am going to attempt to um, to increase your my score. Uber rating. Yes. <laughs> By mm -hmm. giving big hugs or sharing stories? Well, I'm going to send you this guy's phone number because I told him, I said, I'm going to call you. So we get you on the radio and you could give me some advice. And he's just a fascinating guy, Joe. And I'll talk to him. Um, I'll send it over to you. Yeah. Um, 
and you could he's right here. Let's see if he'll talk to us on the on the radio about just some of the stories he's heard from people too. Um, wow, that's just, a tease. Well, that is. <laughs> Don't you remember that show? Why does um, she fart? Why does she fart after every time she says? Just that? to make I, her, I, I told, make her I was more told, fun. Yeah, I was told to have her fart, so I gave her some beans, and now she farts. <laughs> yeah, because she you, she was getting on your nerves. Do you remember that uh, show, Taxi Cab Confessions? Yeah, it was no. about New York City. Yeah. yeah, it was about New York oh, City yeah, cab yeah, yeah, drivers. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. would get in the car and they would just spill their guts about what they were doing or where they were going, yes. all of that stuff. It was on HBO, mm. I think. Yeah. Mm. Um, good stuff come out of people? Well, after a while, it seemed like it was a little contrived. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, but it was happened. a novelty at the time. It's like, wow, that's a great idea because people get into a cab and they, they start to talk about why they're in town or who they're going to see or whatever and they, they were usually know, they, had a few too so they yeah were little, oh yeah tipsy yeah and i guess the cab ride had to be long enough to get the story out of them well i'm sure they they probably you know filmed about 50 times more than what they actually used because it take a right. while to get a good one and then they have to yeah. sign off on it and say okay you can use my image so uh, but it was it was pretty interesting hmm yeah well maybe we should do something like that if I anybody like it. has yes. interesting stories, I'm out of them. Because apparently, I've told them all. They got, you know, <laughs> move Repeatedly. on. I've heard it. Move on. <laughs> Just like that. Okay. <laughs>